Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. You can tell it's getting to the end of the year because I'm forgetting my numbers. I nearly wasn't because I reckon he was on the booze. But he claims he was having internet problems. But I'm joined by Stu. How are we doing, Stu? Ah, yeah. Absolutely off my face. Now, I've not touched a drop, honest, Governor. How? I mean, even I've taken to drinking at the moment. <laughs> it's, yeah. I've got, yeah, no, I've started, I'll have a few drinks at home at the moment. It's, I mean, I've got homemade reef. That's how far it's gone. <laughs> that sounds pretty bad. I loved reef. I think I might have been the only person who really liked reef. As it doesn't exist anymore, I think that's probably true. Uh, see, uh, this is where, I, right, so Reef and Pepsi Max Chino, two things I absolutely love that you can't get anymore. I've never even heard of that one. Pepsi Max Chino, it was a cappuccino flavoured um, Pepsi Max. Oh my God, I think I'm going to be sick. Oh, it was lovely. It was lovely. And there was a poppy seed type um, cracker you could get in Tesco, so don't do that anymore. Uh, it was a specific one. It was like onion and poppy seed, I think it was. It was really nice. You can't get that anymore. No, oh, well, um, I'll try that. I will try that. I'd say everything I love seems to disappear, except it doesn't work with my kids, unfortunately. Hey. <laughs> Still knocking about then, are they? Yes, yes. And for a few more weeks yet, but no, we're going to be good. Because it's... Um, well, it's beginning to feel like an Ubisoft game at the moment, isn't it? It's um, everywhere's hitting tier four, and I believe they're going to give us paid DLC of a tier five at some point. I believe you're you've moved up, you've you've, you've um, increased your level. Yes, yeah, I'm in tier four now, and obviously, you know, like the Ubisoft game, seeing icons pop up everywhere telling me what to do. Have you done the sneer at people not wearing masks challenge yet? Oh, years ago, practically. Yeah, yeah, weeks and weeks ago. I've not quite achieved the uh, cry myself to sleep at the desperate state of the world achievement yet, but I'll, I'll probably get there soon. What about the get to a position of power and sexually abuse the people beneath you? Have you done that one yet? That That's an Ubisoft staple. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that one's reserved for the higher echelons there, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's not good enough for people like us at the ah, moment. No. Common scum. Yeah, at the moment, it's actually a punishable offence. You've got to get enough money before you can get away with that one. True. And that that's 2020 in a nutshell, folks. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> oh, dear. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about the festive period in a, in a little while. But, as always, we talk about video games to start. So, I'll let you kick off. What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing tons of Dead Cells, which mm. um, I mentioned on the last podcast, I think, or the one before. So, it kind of consumes if you it's one of those that if you like it, it kind of consumes your life like binding of isaac or enter the gungeon because it's so hard it's like they say about you know running you're like does it get any easier and it's like no you just do it slightly faster and it's kind of like that with dead cells <laughs> you get you get a bit further uh, each time and sometimes you get a lot further but there's always a bigger challenge around the corner and yeah I'm still kind of bumping up hard against the concierge. For If anyone who's played it, they'll know that character. That's the first boss. I don't know how many bosses there are in the game, but I hope there aren't too many, because bloody hell, it's hard. Um, I don't seem to have any weapons that properly counter it in my arsenal, so I kind of incrementally... You kind of go along and you'll get rare drops now and again that are really important for, for progress, because they, you know, they have abilities that you have not had before. 
but based on a couple of very quick looks at YouTube, I think I'm missing loads of stuff that people who have completed the game have got. So even though I've played it for probably about 10 or 12 hours, I think I'm still at least 20 hours away from completing a run on it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think for that one, I used a lot of the, um, like the uh, the weapons you can drop on the floor and that does attacks for you. Um, I kind of used that, moved away to kind of draw draw him in. I'll just say him. I don't know what it is. What, draw it in. And um, it has to be a man because it's an arsehole, that thing to beat. So it has to be a man. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, draw it in and let that do some of the work while trying to get in the odd hit and avoiding. It's, um, you've got to be very patient with that one. Um, it's an odd choice for a first boss, I think. But at the same time, it does prepare you well for what's to follow. Um, so I'm undecided whether that was good game design or not. Um, for what for me, overall, is an absolutely brilliant game that has great game design because it's hard. But like Dark Souls uh, before it, it's actually very simple. It's difficult, but it's simple. So you're never sort of like failing because you're having to learn new mechanics all the time and stuff like that. Everything's kind of given to you at the start. And you just, how you use it is what matters. Um, but yeah, that first boss is a bastard. Oh, and we've lost you. So we will carry on. Okay, technical problems. Hang on. So I'm going to continue talking about dead cells for a minute. Because we might as well. And, yeah, I, I do like Dead Cells. It's one of those games that I played solidly for a good month or so before something else came out that took my attention. Um, and I wasn't great at it, uh, but it's definitely a game that rewards you with perseverance. Um, one I highly recommend playing. Happily recommend it at full price, but I could also recommend it um, definitely if it's in a sale. 100% get that game. So, but yeah, Dead Cells. I think that's available on pretty much everything as well. So, I, I'd be playing it on the Switch. I could go into a rant about cross-save, cross-progression, how it should be a thing, but I don't think I will. It's it's the holidays. So, we'll wait for Stu. I don't know why I'm trying to feel dead, but here we go. Stu's back. Stu here. Just a brief interjection to say that I came back, but I wasn't recording for a little while. So, some of the stuff will sound a little out of context, but I get back onto talking about Dead Cells. I'll have to have a think, because I'm sure I've managed to jump over him. You can jump over him when he's not got that red bubble around him. No, with that as well, I'm positive I did. I'd have to replay it and find out. I might be misremembering, because it was halfway through the year I've mm. done that. So that's about 25 years ago in modern day times. <laughs> it really is. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I'll, I'll keep plugging away, because uh, I'm still loving it. Um, yeah. I'll see if I'm doing anything wrong with that boss. But yeah, no, I think uh, I just need some better tech and, and better weapons, and I'll... I'll be flying through it. But yeah, no, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely one of those games. It shows the sign of a good game where you, you get to a point where you're either rubbish at it or you're struggling to progress, but you still want to plug away at it. Yeah. Whereas I, I've played games where I've got to the point where, what was it? It was one of those dungeon crawling games that had um, waifu girls in it. And I really can't remember which one it was. Um, it was on the Vita. And I was enjoying the game, plugging my way through it, taking on all these dungeons, um, a couple of bosses that were a little bit difficult. And then I got to the end boss and basically was getting murdered all the time. And the game went, 
well, the game didn't say, but all the guides went, yeah, you need to go back and do a whole bunch of grinding now. I was like, oh, I'm done. On the end boss, can't even be bothered to finish it now because it was just like, that's just poor game design. Yes, um, yes, definitely. Whereas Dead Cells, I would say that's, you can beat it. I managed to beat it once early and then struggled a few runs for most of my runs after that. Um, so you can beat it early in the game. So it shows it's not a case of grinding to get better. It can be beaten. You've just obviously got to learn. Or, you know, you do need some better weapons, but you haven't got to grind it. Um, good game design. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's a good one to play. I've been playing something, well, I'll say a bit different for me. I'm onto my, I want to say, fifth or sixth attempt at trying uh, Breath of the Wild um, on the Switch. Yeah, that's all right, that game, isn't it? It's not well, too bad. Yeah. So is, has your opinion of it changed at all? Because I know that you struggle to really get into it. Um, it, it, it has. I think as a, a well to be in, and the actual gameplay um, loop on it is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a big, vast well, but it does feel like there's always something to do or there's a danger anywhere you go, even in the empty spaces, which is really, really good. However, however, that weapon degradation can die in a fire, as far as I'm concerned. That balancing of needing to keep picking up new weapons all the time and some that break after just a couple of hits and the amount that become useless, it's just, it that becomes frustrating. And it's a case of, I want a game that wants me to go into battle and get better and fight more creatures. Whereas this one, I'm actively trying to avoid areas now where there are battles and I'm now fast travelling so much because I'm going, well, I haven't really got the weapons to to deal with this and then go to where I want to go. I don't know what's going to be dropped and, and, and stuff like that. So that becomes a case of I'm avoiding areas rather than wanting to go and explore. Um, but that being said, the overall experience is just... Wow. Is it the greatest game ever made? I don't think so. Um, and it's a great game, but there's too many individual bits with it wrong that just take me out of what could have been an absolutely special, one-of-a-kind, you'll-never-experience-a-game-like-this-again type thing. But instead, it's just, it's, it's yeah, it's all right. <laughs> It's funny you don't get very many reactions like that to uh, to to that particular Zelda game. People either tend to love it or really hate it. Um, but I I liked the weapon degradation thing, just because it it meant that you had to be quite canny in your approaches and stuff. And it kind of the the worry of it goes away a bit later on because you you get really good with your bow and arrow and and how you you have your have you, your arrows set up and stuff like that and some of the other sort of uh, technology you pick up and, it, and uh, it makes it more balanced but I think if you if you're missing areas because of combat and you're missing traversal with fast travel and stuff you're probably gonna <clears throat> you might well get bored of it more quickly than than say I would with it just because yeah, yeah that's an integral part of the game so if you're having to miss that out it's probably probably not really the game for you deep down See, I don't want to avoid the areas. So at the moment, so this is what my plan is at the moment. Because um, when I played it, I had to pick up an old save, so I got to um, 
a, a save where I'd opened up the Jordan Peaks area at least and found my first stable and stuff like that. That's that's the last remaining save I had, and that was from 2018. Um, and so I went, oh, right, okay. I don't know what I'm doing now. I don't know where I'm going or <laughs> yeah. what my plan is. So I just wandered about a bit. So my plan now is to get a few of the towers um, and get those unlocked um, and do a few of the shrines. Um, I did get to the first divine beast, the elephant one. Um, I'm, I'm, so this is where I'm, I'm rubbish. Even though I love a game at times, I, games I, love, I forget names of things um, that make it sound like I don't bother. But it's um, that's uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the ADHD. Um, but yeah, the, the big elephant thing. And I've done that, but I've got to the bit where I've got to fight the guy inside and I haven't got enough... I didn't have enough bows um, because I didn't realise I needed bows for him and I used them all on other parts. All right. So, yeah, but my bows are breaking. I've got the arrows. The oh, I see. Breaking. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I went, right, where can I go and get more bows from? I can't buy them. That's a pain in the arse. Okay, so I've got to go and fight some bits. So I will have fought a few bits. Done a shrine that got me a knight's bow. Um, and I don't know if I glitched it, but I somehow ended up with two of them. Um, and But I'm scared to use them at the moment because they are, like, really... They're so much better than any other bow I've got in terms of, the like, the, I think they're, like, 45 damage ad- added or whatever it is. They're level 45 or whatever that number means. My others are, like, 4s and 12s. So I'm scared to use it um, because I know I'm going to need to use that to face the bad guy thing in the elephant thing. And... So that's kind of good. It's me going, right, I don't want to use this. Even though I could wipe out enemies probably quite easily with this bow, I don't want to be left going back to that area with nothing. Uh, But I don't want to just fast travel back to it to take him on now because I want to explore. I want to open up more areas. So um, I've kind of got these two sort of like really spectacular bows that I can't use at the moment. But I've also heard, because I had to use a little bit of a guide for a couple of bits, I got completely lost. Um, that you there is a blacksmith and the knight bow is one of the bows you can get fixed. I don't know, but it's oh, yeah. The traversal, I think, I love discovering. I love discovering, and I had to again something else I had to find through a guide was you can use goddess statues once you've been to shrines to upgrade your hearts and your stamina. Um, yeah. Does the game ever explain that early on, or did I just completely miss that? I think, I think you missed it. I think it does explain, yeah. Right, okay. So that, that is on me. That's fair enough. Um, so I've upgraded. Like I've done a few shrines. I've managed to add a bit to my stamina. I've got a couple more to do, which will give me enough to add an extra heart. But it also explained why I'm struggling against some enemies because I could do with like the stamina and the hearts to maybe help with them. But it's, yeah, it's... The weapon degradation is a good idea. It works. What I think it needed was a little bit more balancing. I'm not saying like make it so it lasts almost like impossibly amounts of time. But if they had added maybe 15% extra durability to each of those weapons, or even the lower class weapons, I think it would have made for a much better experience. You'd have been more willing to just to go use them and go through them uh, rather than having to inventory manage to a degree where you've either got to have lots of weapons just in case or you try and save that space for the better weapons you might find. So I just just a slight tweaks would have been enough. Um, I mean, if we're doing scoring, I'd still be giving this game a good 8 or 9 out of 10. You know, it's not a bad game by any stretch of the imagination. But when it's been hyped up to the nth degree, 
and is the greatest game of all time. Not quite there for me. It's It still doesn't beat out a Tetris. <laughs> no, fair enough. I would recommend just using the weapons and not worrying about them um, because you do you do pick more stuff up. Um, even if you get rid of like good kit, it, yeah. good, good stuff tends to drop pretty fast again. So... Yeah, rather than just avoid stuff, I'd recommend just like, yeah, kicking its ass and, and getting another drop later on. Fair enough. Yeah, so I'm, but I'm still playing it, so it shows how good a game it is that I am still playing it despite that frustration. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, apart from that, I, I quickly tried Monster Train last night. Um, well, a lot of people have talked about it because it's in the vein of Slay, Slay the Spire, which I've not played. Um, totally not for me. <laughs> I really didn't like it. Like, it's one of those where you, you know, when something makes you feel the way food you don't like makes you feel, it's like yeah. an instant revulsion. And it, it gave me that. It just, I'd, I was like, this is horrible. Um, which is a bit of a childish response, but it's just, it's just the automatic response. So, yeah, I, I put that down pretty much straight I've, away. So I, I've not tried it yet because I know that I've not had time to sit and play that one. And it's on Game Pass anyway, so I've got I've got time. Would I like it is the question. Yes. Is it a Brad game? <laughs> yes, it is. So yeah, I'm, you'd be absolutely fine with it. You'll probably end up saying what everyone does, and I can't because I've not played it, but that it's not as good as Slay the Spire, but it's still good. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> go for it. But again, there's there's the beauty of games. It's you know you haven't. It's, I don't think it's an important discussion to have on another time. But you haven't got to like every single game that everyone else likes. Yeah. It it, it you know no one expects you to like every. You use the food analogy. No one expects everyone to like the same foods. Um, yeah. And it's you know I've got a revulsion to certain types of fish, and you know I think I spoke about it before. I physically cannot eat vegetables. Um, which I know makes me sound like a child, but I physically cannot do it due to past trauma. Um, so, but you know, I don't question someone who goes, "But you don't like you don't like um, liver? What's wrong with you, man? You must like liver." Um, yeah. Some people just don't like things, and it's the same with everything. So, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just it is a, a board game. Those things are board games put onto. <laughs> You know, into com- into computer things, into computer games, and um, I like the the games. I like video games that take board games that are very very complex and automate it for you, which is basically what RPGs are. Video game yeah. RPGs are, are that, um, but card games are deliberately at the simple end of the board game spectrum in terms of the complexity of playing and how many pieces are required and stuff like that. So I find them being put into video games for me not important because I do play board well I did when you know you could actually see people but um, yeah because you know, I pl- play them in real life and I've played a lot of card games in real life I'm just like I don't want to do that in a in a video game so that's a highly personal thing yeah it's not it's not a rational view of those sorts of games it's just personal taste yeah, no, I, I I get that as well, which actually is interesting because I'm planning a bit of a discussion, um, either a written article or a video, about um, board games and the conversion to video games because I've got um, I played Winspan on the PC, um, and I've just been sent Winspan for Switch as well, which I believe started out as a uh, a physical board game 
Yeah, very popular uh, one. Yeah. Yes. And the conversion of board games to digital, I think now, especially in this day and age, I think is very, very important because I, well, for two reasons. Um, one is being around people. You can't do it at the moment. And two is when you've got kids, you know, I can't set up a complex game like Winspan on, on, like, and play it with the kids or even play it on my own. Um, well, you can't play it on your own, I don't think, because it's getting everything out. It's making sure like Edith doesn't mess with it all and stuff like that. And then organising for people to come out, it can't be done. So having a digital version that I can play with others is great. And Winspan allows you to do cross-play, switch to PC. Double great. Um, and it's something that I think every board game if possible, if they've got the team behind it, it can do it, should have been doing digital versions of it. I know, like, Exploding Kittens um, has a digital version as well. And I want to see them release more digital versions of board games so that they can be enjoyed with more people um, without having to sort of, like, organise everyone to get in together in the same room or needing the physical product as well. It just allows more people to enjoy games I don't think they otherwise would. But at the same time... I get it. There's certain games that feel better as a physical thing or, you know, the card game said it is the simpler end. Um, and I do think sometimes they do lose something unless it's done absolutely spectacularly right, like Slade Aspire. Um, I, I, you know, I still don't think the digital versions of Magic the Gathering are that great. Yeah. The only thing they do that's better than playing it in actual physical form is they do tell you when you're trying to lay down the wrong card because you can't, rather than someone yeah. saying, "Oh, you're not bad. That's the wrong thing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think we'll see 2021. I think we'll see a big boom in, board, in uh, digital versions of real life board games. A yeah. massive boom. Yes, yeah, so I think we probably will. And I agree with you. I think that it would be great if sort of um, at least the major board games all came with a digital version you know, um, as a subsidiary. Because, yeah, no, people can't get together and they are fantastic. They are geared entirely towards complex play between individuals, which most, yeah, most online gaming experiences are based around very, very simple interactions, like killing each other. So it is a nice, uh, yeah, a nice diversion from that as well. There are games that will benefit, others that definitely won't. Um, Digital Twister doesn't work, for example. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Um, picking up on on something you said earlier as well about laying them all out, uh, set up and tear down, as as they call it. It's got, yeah, the board game community's got its own lingo, just like the video game one, and it is a bit impenetrable. But, um, yeah, the the set up and tear down is very off-putting in some games. Um, yeah, like it. It can take easily forty minutes to set some games up. Like I have Imperial Assault, Star Wars Imperial Assault, which is an amazing board game, but it does take 40, 40 minutes at least to get it set up from scratch, and then probably twenty five thirty minutes to put it all away at the yeah. end. Uh, so it's a huge undertaking, and you know, board gamers buy tables that have you know a compartment underneath. So that you you can play on that, and then when you want it to be back to a normal family table, you stick a thing over the top, and you don't have to like take the board game apart. 
Yeah. And you, you kind of, if you're really into them, you need something like that if you haven't got a dedicated room because it takes forever. And it's that is a huge consideration, uh, especially like you said, when you've got kids, you know, it's, it's just impractical. So, yeah, that's another great thing that games can do. It's when they reach in and go, what's that? I want that. And you scream at them because it's taking you half an hour to put that little bit together. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Uh, yeah, that's a killer. But, yeah, it's... I mean, I, I say what I want is I don't want to see him go, like, completely over the top, make it video gamey. But I like what I call the um, pinball FX effect, where you have what would be the actual table or the actual board setup or whatever. And then you have these um, slightly video gamey effects over the top to enhance the experience. So you said, yeah. like, you've got a Star, Star Wars Imperial insult, Assault, did you say? Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming that uses like TIE fighters and stuff like that or something, could it? Actually, it's it's the one that's uh, uh, like infantry, you know, ground troops. Oh, right, okay. Um, but you could ha- move those as you would in the game and it's all done, but have little like phase phasers and lasers and whatever going off when you actually have like attack moments in it. Nothing over the top, it's just little animations and effects that enhance the board game experience rather than turn it into something else. Um, because the other thing I don't like is the really overly sterile, we've just given you the bits, it's just the game in digital form, put a little bit of effort in. Great, I'll take the the sterile stuff over nothing, but put a little bit in there, just to make it, you know, enhance. Yeah. You get more people playing as well, because you're you're bringing your audience to it. Yes, yeah. Um, But that's enough about digital digital and physical board games. That's a (laughs) weird, that was a weird sort of like... We interesting though it is it's yeah. becoming a much bigger thing as we said so yeah what else have you been playing so the other one i've been i've been playing quite a few bits actually but i'm gonna cover um two of them quickly so one is pga 2k21 on the switch um really good golf game um, despite it being a 2k game it's uh for the people who've done the golf club um, so it's it's like really like they've gone for like golf's a bitch so it's a bitch here so the swim mechanics you, you can be forgiving but if you have it set to realistic you will swim the same you can't swim the same way twice do you know like in the tiger woods games you could pretty much get a technique down and that would be that's it you're done that that's gonna that you've beat the game because right. you've just nailed attack this yeah. there's like so many things i think like the wind there is in a round doesn't only affect like how the ball's flying but i've noticed it has an effect on your swing speed so if you pull down on the left stick and push back up and you've got no wind resist no no wind about you might get a perfectly straight uh swing with perfect timing but if there's like a really heavy wind and you do the exact same swing it seems to go oh you've done too slow a swing now or you, you adjust it and it's like it's too fast now. And it seems based on like your conditions as well. But it doesn't categorically say that. So I don't know if that's me or whether that is the game. But it has that effect regardless. Um, but then what happens is you'll do a swing and you might have a really slow swing. You're like, oh crap, I've gone right out to the right. Because um, I've, I've, I've sliced it. Yes, sliced it. That's the yeah. one I think it's. Yeah. Hook is when it comes in towards yes. your body. Yeah. So you're like you adjust to the next one. You try going faster, and then you overly hook it. So then you try, and, but you go from having like you get into a groove, like a proper golf ball to get into a groove where everything you hit is either going where you want it to, or you just can't hit anything. 
uh, and you start getting frustrated. It's, it, it nails that feeling really, really well. Switch version, bit glitchy. Not not glitchy. It's, it's a, it has some slowdown and some stuttering issues that even I noticed, but not during your swim most of the time, which is the most important thing. And I don't think the the Joy-Con sticks are the best, so you can't really have it on difficult mode um, because I think having it midway with those Joy-Cons gives you enough of an effect. But yeah, really enjoying it. Again, I will state cross-save and cross-progression. Please, please, especially if you're a bigger company. Um, I would have bought that much sooner. I got gifted it for Christmas. I would have bought it much sooner if it had cross-play and cross-progression because I don't really want to run two golf careers across two different systems. Who would? <laughs> Again, I get it with indies. I get it. But you're a major company, 2K. You've put leaving money on the table. You idiots. Yeah, when we when we had that discussion a while ago, I think we worked out that they would make more money, but they clearly still think that they make more money by making you buy it twice, and I'm convinced they're completely wrong at that. They might, they, I can't see how they can. Because I say, I probably would have spent... Okay, I've got the PC version as review code, uh, but I probably would have gone, do you know what? I will buy a big boy version on the PC... And a portable version on the Switch. Um, there's a reason I, at one stage I was buying all my games on the on the PlayStation because it offered cross 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 play and cross buy. Um, I don't find if you don't want to do cross buy, don't do cross buy. But that wasn't the main factor. I was buying it because I could play on the PlayStation Four and the Vita using the same save. So don't tell me it's, it's possible. We know it's possible. Hades, you can do it now. That's possible. So as I say, Windspan is doing it. That's an indie game. That's doing cross-play and cross-progression. So, yeah. big no companies, excuse. no excuse. No excuse. Nope, not um, at all. And the other one I've been playing, because um, I asked questions about this previously, and I was like, really wanted it. And I didn't realise how cheap it was and how much credit I had left on my Switch, so I picked it up. And that's Ease Origin. You've played this one, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Right, I really like it. Oh, all right, cool. I, I, but I, it's my, I love these sort of games anyway. I'm really liking it. It's a bit different to what Memories of Cell Setter was um, in terms of it's a bit more 2D and, and linear. But I, I, I am really liking it so far. I'm only early on. But the main reason I want to mention it is the early cutscene and introduction seems quite long. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to put me off. It's going to be like so full of dialogue and blah, blah, blah. But then it gets to a point where it goes, oh, and your character's just met these two new people. And she starts to talk um, about how, uh, starts to talk about what's happened in the past. The first time I does it, I went, oh, for crying out loud. But then it does this thing, and every game should have this as an option, where it goes, and then your main character starts to recap the entirety of it. And that's just one text box. And I was like, I love you, game. You've just, like, I, I, if it was Kojima, Metal Gear Solid, you'd have sat there for another hour as he just regaled the previous cutscene to the new people. And then it does it again later. It just goes, look, we know you know this stuff. The characters might not know this stuff, but tell you what we're going to do. Your character, in one single text box, just recalls all the previous events. Absolutely brilliant. And whatever flaws this game has for, later on, I don't care. For that, 10 out of 10. 
<laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, no, that is a good a good mechanic. I've seen it in a couple of games and not many, and it's always welcome because yeah, dialogue and story in in RPGs is one of my you know pet hates generally because it, normally it's fine. It's, first time, yeah. first time, absolutely great. Yeah. Fifth time, you're like, oh, shut up. <laughs> I Why know. can't I skip? But you can't. But it also does it. Always, always does it in a way that you can't actually skip because there might be something important in there that's not been mentioned. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I, yeah, I let out a bit of an audible when it done it. I went, yes. And she went. My partner went. Oh, have you on Tetris again? I went, no. She just didn't tell the story. <laughs> she went, what? I went, don't worry. But yeah, I, I, I like and the gameplay. I'm enjoying the gameplay. It's um, I don't know how much more difficult it gets later on, but it's it's just nice to dump in and hack and slash my way through and yeah it's i'm enjoying it so far cool good stuff that sounds like a cool you'll regret that later <laughs> no 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 if people are happy if, if you're happy you're, you're the winning you know you're the winner in this situation so it's cool <coughs> when you played it did you not like it from the start or yeah i didn't like it from the start because it was too basic basically <laughs> basically so it was kind of like diablo but with a lot of the really good stuff, practically most of the good stuff that Diablo 3 had removed and simplified. So. Yeah, no, that that's definitely the case. It's definitely a simple game. But I say at times, I do welcome that. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be one I'm going to... Like Breath of the Wild, I'm going to probably try and like really push my way through now because um, I've really sort of like entered into a, a zone with it, despite my complaints. Um Ease Origins is going to be a game that I will dip in and out of because I feel like it's two buttons um, to to play the whole thing. So it's, I haven't got to remember too much. So I can just dip in and out for 10 minutes here and there. Although the save points seem quite a distance away from each other, I hope that improves. But definitely I haven't got to sit there and play it in huge massive sessions, which is definitely a plus for me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so if you've got any more, or shall we move on? Only one br- brief one I played, which was uh, Gears 5 Hive Busters, which is the DLC for Gears 5. Gears of War 5, that is. Um, All right. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just more of the same. Possibly the level design, not very good. <laughs> but um, if you like the core gameplay, you'll probably enjoy it. It's very basic. If I was reviewing it, it I'd give it like the equivalent of like 5 or 6 out of 10. It's not particularly great <laughs> but um yeah. it looks absolutely phenomenal on the pc like really phenomenal but um yeah it's okay I, it's just a quick blast and it's completely free because it was well not completely free but it was on game pass so it was there so i thought i'd give it a go so yeah out from that perspective it's fine is it free dlc or is it paid dlc that you got free on game pass it's well i think everything that you can get on game pass you can buy elsewhere as well but I know you could buy it, but I don't know if it's like if you've got the game, is it just a free DLC? Yeah, so the game is still free on Game Pass, the, the full game, and the DLC is also free on Game Pass. I don't know whether one or the other or both will be chargeable in the future, but at the moment they're both completely free, so you could you can play both to your heart's content. Yeah, I know Gears you can buy that separately, but no, I'll say, but yeah, obviously be warned if you have got the non-game pass version, then you might be charged for the DLC. Yeah, I think if you haven't got Game Pass, you'd have to pay for the DLC. Yeah, which is a shame, but okay, fair enough. But okay, so moving on, it's been the holidays. Um, 
Christmas. And I've done my best this year to enjoy it. Uh, I don't do Christmas. Um, there's something about the false happiness that goes with Christmas that's just really, really off-putting to me. And I've never been able to do it. And then I've always wanted to enjoy Christmas. I always thought if I try and protect, like, and try and avoid, uh, enjoy Christmas, then it will come across as if I'm being a bit of a dick that I'm like mocking people who enjoy Christmas because I'm trying my hardest to enjoy it. Uh, but this year I thought, do you know what? It sucked for the kids this year. They must be so confused with everything that's been going on. I'm gonna like I'm gonna let them do the tree, and I've always let them do the tree. But I'm like, oh, I can't be bothered. Um, honestly, this is how much. Do you know the people who wear those um, uh, those purple Santa hats because it's like, oh, I'm a Grinch and I don't like Christmas, um, and they do it kind of ironically because they do like Christmas, but they pretend they don't like Christmas. I hate those people. <laughs> Just as an aside, I hate those people. You either like it or you don't. Don't pretend to dislike it so that you can then wear the funky stuff. Stop it. You're a dickhead. Anyway. Fair play. So you're going to go, you're going to go, I've got loads of those. What? It's all I wear. <laughs> it's like yeah. year round. What are you on about? Yeah, I know. Um, but no, it's just one of those pet hates. Obviously, I don't actually think those people are dickheads. It's, it's just one of those horrible things I just can't stand. You, you either don't like something or you do. You can't pretend to dislike something for the sake of liking it. Blah. Anyway, I don't like Christmas, <laughs> um, but this year I went, I'm going to put an effort in for the kids. Um, I, I had a really enjoyable few days with them. Staying at home, as we did, was just really pleasure, ple- pleasurable. Um, open presents, played some Switch. Um, we all done some Just Dance. Again, just to, to point out, up to me, wouldn't be buying an Ubisoft game. But it was something my daughter wanted for a long time, a Just Dance game. And it was kind of decided upon before the shit hit the fan back in, what, 18 years ago in June of 2020, was it, it came out? I think that's about about, right. Um, She wanted it maybe 20 years ago in the March when she first saw it. So we decided then, and you can't tell a four-year-old why she can't have a Just Dance game. So, yeah, it's the last Just Dance. We'll, last Ubisoft thing I'll buy until things are sorted. But anyway, um, we all enjoyed some Just Dance together. Um, and fair play to developers of that, by the way. Um, do you know you get some rhythm action games where if you're not doing well, it goes, oh, you failed, start again. Yeah. This doesn't. It lets you carry on. Good. Just whatever. She was just like like just doing some bits and she was getting like, like perfects and okays and she clearly wasn't doing what was on the screen and the game didn't care but so we had enjoyment doing that um and i couldn't take my meds over the christmas period because um the, the doctor screwed up and i couldn't get any more so i was without my meds as well and part of me was got into a few panics going crap i'm gonna really be in a bad mood at some point i'm gonna snap at some point i'm gonna ruin their christmas so i kind of got that to get myself out of my head of course and I did have a quite a few down down moments because Christmas is stressful anyway because you start going, oh, I've overspent next year. The early next year is going to be so sucky because we've overspent, not got the money now to do what we need to do for other bits. Um, some little bit of work I'd done for someone on the side didn't sort of like come through with payment, um, which meant I took a risk with something that I was expecting on that payment and that left me short. And it was the first time I went, do you know what I could do with the cash? I won't do it on buy me a voucher for something instead. Um, 
So I was like, I could do with the cash, so whatever it is. But anyway, um, so that got me down. But I was able, on the whole, just seeing the kids and being around the family for those few days without being able to go out, because um, I was in isolation as well. So I wasn't able to go out. We had to spend time with each other, but it was just nice and relaxed and fun. Um, and it was probably the first Christmas I've enjoyed since I was a child. Yeah. And it just felt really weird to me that I enjoyed Christmas. I don't know what the point of any of this is, but it's just like, you know, if you reframe stuff, you can find stuff that would get you down before. You can, you can find enjoyment from it in some way. I'm not saying you have to, but if you reframe something and refocus, you can change your outlook on something. That that was really beneficial to me these last few days. Definitely, yeah. Me and my wife, Mel, talked about it loads, actually, just before Christmas, about how that people, they start to dread it. A lot of people, this isn't everyone by any stretch of the imagination, but they start to dread it and it starts becoming crap for them because they have traditions and they don't break from them and they think that Christmas is all about tradition and if they don't do those same things... They won't have fun. And you'll see people going. And it's like, it, it, there's that, the Christmas Peep Show episode, if you've seen it, where everyone argues because they're not doing their own traditions and it just yeah. ruins everything. And that's what it's like for a lot of people. They kind, they kind of put so much pressure on themselves to have that Christmas that they had when they were a kid in the same sort of form. And they're all like arguing over, oh yeah, well you, you don't open presents till after the dinner. And some people are like, oh well, we open them two the night before, and then loads of them at seven a.m. on a. And everyone's got their own little setup, and if it doesn't go yeah. the way that they planned it in the head, they think it's some horrible disaster and it's ruined. So yeah, yeah so me and my wife years ago decided, I think probably in the first or second year, that just no, no real tradition you know we'll have a turkey and then apart from that we'll just go with the flow and it's it makes us so much more happy because yeah. the very first one that we that we had together for various reasons mel was on her own and i i said well come to my to me and my mum's because we're still living with my mum at the time come to me and my mum's and this is like we've we'd only been going out for about a month and a half uh, and like on it was just on my birthday on the 24th I said like well come down the next day come down on Christmas day and spend it with me mum and we'll have a great time and she was dead nervous and I was a bit nervous that it would go wrong and all this but it was brilliant and I think that kind of set the tone then of well you know sm- smashing out of your kind of traditions is sometimes the best possible thing that you can do at Christmas yeah it is it's I mean all my childhood into uh, until I moved um, up north, every Christmas would be spent going to pretty much going to my nan's. Um, uh, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved my nan. She was somehow both quite liberal, but also read the Daily Mail. I, I, I don't know, weird <laughs> habit. But I, 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 yeah, I, she, she, she's Jewish as well. I don't know why she read the Daily Mail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, absolutely loved my nan. But Christmas Day round my nan's was the worst. Because we'd get up, rush the presents opening, have to go round my nans by a certain time. Not too early, because she didn't want us there too early, because she's trying to get stuff. But not too late that you're there just in time for her to serve dinner. She'd get stressed over making the dinner and stuff like that. You've got toys at home that um, you've been bought and stuff that you know your name wouldn't approve of um, too much. So they had to stay at home. So you'd go round your nans. 
Um, you couldn't really play the stuff you wanted to. And all you're thinking about is, I've got stuff at home I want to play with. I've got stuff at home I want to play with. I'm going to do this. Um, I remember one of it, like, I've got a game for a games console. And I was like, I want to go and play it. I want to go and play it. I want to go and play it. And I couldn't. So as a kid, you're turning around and you're going to your mum. Mum, what time are you going home? Mum, what time are you going home? You just want to go and play stuff. Then you hear your name shouting at your mum because your kids are ungrateful and don't want to be around there. I was like, oh dear, that's my fault. Really sorry. But mum will be going home. Your name's getting stressful more and more. Okay, well, I'm not doing this next year. I'm definitely not doing this next year. She still does. Um, this is my last one. It's not. And it became sort of like a point where Christmas was, wasn't a thing to dread, but it was like, yeah, this is Christmas. It's arguments and stuff like that. And that became almost a tradition because we had to have a proper roast dinner that was done perfectly. Gifts had to be done in a certain order. You had to see the entire family because it's a time for family to get together. At least we didn't do the everything stops at three o'clock for the Queen's speech. Um, it'd go on in the background because it was usually while whilst we was eating a Christmas lunch because it was never actually lunchtime when we had Christmas lunch. And there would always be arguments on, ah, oh, why is he not eating this? Um, no, that's too much food um, and stuff like that. I do remember one time, I'm oh, sorry, it was absolutely brilliant. It was the most petty thing. It got reminded me of this. I'm sorry if I'm going on, by the way. But this no, thing no. that happened this Christmas, and it's reminded me of something that happened at my nan's uh, before, one of the last Christmases before, um, before she passed away. Uh, it's all around my nan's, and my nan does this thing where she gives everyone a scratch card at the table. Um, and you scratch off the scratch card. Uh, usually no one wins. Um, and the reason why um, both Edith and Lucas won on scratch cards we done at home this Christmas. Um, Edith won nine quid and Lucas won 20 quid. Sweet. Nice. Um, so they've got, they allowed that to get themselves like an extra toy and stuff when the shops reopen. But it was there and Lucas was three, four years old. He scratched these off. Everyone else scratched theirs off. And one, he's taking a scratch these off. Uh, scratch these off. He doesn't get anything. And then Minan does hers, and she wins a fiver. So Minan wins a fiver, and she gives it to Lucas. He's three years old, first great grandchild, and she goes, "There you go. You can have that." My auntie turns around and goes, "No, Mum. No, you won that. Don't give that to him." Oh, blimey! And if I just kind of went, he's three years old, and it's a fiver. That is insane. And it was just like it's one of those things that stuck with me, and I just went. How petty can you get? How? That is awful. It was, yeah, it was just really funny. And this Christmas, like, the kids winning it. Because, um, like, Edith and Lucas, they were both the ones who won their... No, I won. Sorry, I won 20 quid. Sorry. I Like, Lucas didn't win. I won 20 quid, but Edith won 9 quid. And Lucas is 14. And he was like... You could see he was a bit... <laughs> so I just went, there you go, bud. You can have that. And then, as I say, my partner turned around and went, whoa, 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 no, Brad, you can keep that. You run it. <laughs> like, as a, as a complete joke. And yeah. It was quite funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we, we broke from tradition. We started going to a Chinese buffet Christmas Day because we couldn't be out. Like, when Edith was born, first birthday, because, like, she was born in, like, the 20th of November. We just couldn't be asked to cook that Christmas. Yeah. So we for a Chinese buffet. Yeah. And continued doing it. And then this year, it was like, well, we can't do the buffet because of restrictions well you could because but it was a table service and that wasn't the point of going to the buffet you want to stuff your face stupid and it's like a bit of guy excuse me can i have more to my table but there's something a bit weird about doing that rather than yeah. just kind of filling up a plate many times yeah so we decided instead of doing a whole traditional christmas here because we was at home we just got loads of buffet bits here just cooked it throughout the day done that and yeah awesome and yeah. i know like some of my family still think it's a bit odd that we don't do christmas like dinner but it's like our flat is tiny our dining table's actually just for my computer now. 
mainly, so so I did. Well, it's about having fun. It's supposed to be about yeah. having fun. If you're having fun, you're doing it right. You know is what it? I mean? Is it? I, I don't know. <laughs> Christmas is never about having fun. Have you watched EastEnders at Christmas? Uh, in the past, yes. I know that's about death, generally. Oh, that's that's the one thing I'm glad I haven't got to do anymore. What, die? <laughs> no, watch East, watch soaps. Yeah, yeah, fair play. I'd rather take the death, in all fairness. <laughs> I remember sitting there one year watching Tiffany die and going, you lucky cow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she found a way out. Yeah, you lucky ah. Um, but yeah, no, that was always the worst having to watch um, soaps, the Christmas specials. But yeah, and then I think yeah, that, that's when we could go home. Between I think one finishing and the other one starting, so there was enough time for my mum to get home to watch the other one. Um, the best thing about all of these things is that everyone's got their own story. Like, I'm sure that you know you're the same as me. That you probably just grew up thinking that what you did was the right way to do it, and yeah. there was no other way. And everyone's got that in their head. They've all got their same little thing. And one of the things I found is the pressures that, as your family gets bigger, the pressures there are to do certain things. Um, and I felt quite a level of guilt, actually. This is quite an interesting thing, is, um, as, as fact, the, the guilt factor and how you get over that. Because mm. Lucas was the first grandchild uh, on my mum's side, first great-grandchild as well, like, for my nan, he got a little bit spoiled by her. Like, my sister would spoil him. Everyone sort of, like, the uncles and everything would buy him presents because he was the first. And then as we got older... And the other kids came into it. It started a bit less and less, which is absolutely fine. I didn't mind him getting less or anything like that. But we couldn't afford to buy for everyone else's kids and everything like that. So I, I took the decision to say, look, we are only buying for the kids. Um, that's it. At Christmas, we only buy for the kids. Sure. Um, we, we don't even buy for each other. So I don't really want to buy for other people in the family at all. Um, occasionally we'll get like my mum something or Lorraine's mum something uh, and stuff like that but on the whole it's like it was just too expensive too much I said to my friend as well who would buy like early on I'd buy her son gifts um, and she'd buy Lucas gifts and as we both had more kids we both both agreed to said yeah no it's just it makes sense not to so we we stopped but there was kind of like when I mentioned it to like family there was almost you could see there's maybe a little bit of resentment to it I mean, luckily, everyone's kind of realised that, you know, actually, that's probably a good thing um, that we're not doing it because there's so much pressure to have to appease everybody. Because, like, say, my brother's got his own kid, but he's got other, he's got a couple other kids that aren't his, but he supports. Um, and I don't know them well enough, but I can't buy for my blood relative and not the other ones. But how much do I spend on them compared to my sister's kids who are blood relatives? And then, you know, I, I consider sort of like my friend, her kids are, you know, I know them much more than I know my, my nieces and nephews, so so to speak. Sure. So I'm closer to them because, you know, that's family I've chosen. You know, again, they get referred to as my kids' cousins in a way, even though they're not. And it's auntie so-and-so rather than just so-and-so. You know, that yeah. thing that we do yeah. in this country. Um, I think it's only the Brits that do that. Refer to your closest friends as auntie and uncle. Yeah, <laughs> it um, is a bit weird. No, actually, I think that it's done in Europe in some places as well. Oh, okay, yeah. fair enough. Um, it was great when I was called Uncle Br- Uncle Bread for a long time because nice. um, my friends sort of couldn't say Brad, so it was Uncle Bread. <laughs> I really like that. I might start calling you that myself. 
it, 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 it still sticks. I still get referred to by it. But yeah, so we decided to stop doing that kind of thing and just focus on our kids. And that's made me a lot more... A lot of the worry about Christmas went when we stopped doing that. When we stopped going, oh, is this cheap? What if this? What if? What if they get something better for my kids? And I've bought that. 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 That's all. Oh, yeah. So you start panicking. So second, second, second. I went. No, I'm done. I'm gonna call it. I can't afford it, and I'm not letting making my kids go without just to make sure I can appease everyone else. And again, this is all in my head. They may not be thinking any of this. Chances are they're probably not thinking any of this in any way, shape, or form. But as you well know, with people, when you get something in your head unfortunately that's going to take over that thought so Indeed. as soon as i took that one decision to say no i buy for my kids my kids only we don't even buy for like i don't buy for low she doesn't buy for me okay we changed it for this year because screw it for this year it's been it's been 15 years this year so you know that's 15 years since the last christmas that's a long time that is. <laughs> but yeah no this year well this year we went no we'll, we'll buy for each other and but yeah taking that moment of going no look, look we do what's best for us was so good for my mental health yeah um you know last year's christmas and the year before we were okay and i got through them this year's i actually enjoyed awesome and, and the other thing is i'm now sitting back looking at social media everyone going oh here's to a better 2021 going you poor deluded fools <laughs> but i mean so yeah it, it, it's weird i mean mental health at christmas i think it's always blown up it's under a microscope um and I know we set up our Christmas support on the Discord, and I don't know if I'm kind of disappointed or pleased that it wasn't really used on the day. There was some chat on the actual Discord server, but none directly in there. So what I'm hoping that means is most people got through fairly unscathed, and I really hope that is the case. Um, but if anyone has still felt they haven't been able to talk to anyone or they need to reach out, it's still there. Just because it says Christmas, it's still there. Um, if you do need to reach out, if you do need to get anything off your chest because you've had a shit time with the family or you, you've missed a certain something, you've had arguments you regret, um, arguments you feel that you were legitimate or anything like that, people are there to listen. Um, and that's still the most important thing. Absolutely. So, yeah, with that, um, I don't know what else there is to say at the moment. It's kind of just trundling along, waiting for the start of the sequel. And, mm. yeah, so I'm, I'm going to pass over to you to, to see us out because your, your smooth, dulcet tones are better than mine. <laughs> well, fair play, I don't mind doing it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a difficult time still for a lot of people. There's a lot going on. So, yeah, always reach out on the Discord if you like. So feel free to sign up there. And we also have a, a big YouTube presence because Brad does a lot of content. And uh, there's a, there's one on there from me, um, a video about Letter Vetter. Uh, feel free to check that out and see what you think. And Twitter is one of the main places you can get hold of us and to follow along with what's going on. So apart from that... It only remains to be said that, uh, yeah, we hope you have a great new year. This is the 31st when we're recording. I don't really bother with new year, but I doubt Brad does much with it either. But, yeah, if you are, if you're having fun... if I had, I had an early night a couple of years ago. Oh, I always do. I just can't be bothered with it. But <laughs> there you go. I'm a... we, we stay up for the kids more than anything now. We see the fireworks because the kids like it. Yeah. I'm on the TV and then bed. 
fair play that's a good idea so yeah if you're having a, a new year party at home safely obviously then enjoy yourself and we'll catch you in the new year so in the meantime take care and stay safe